Hey, thanks for joining in. This is the Passion for Impact podcast where we have one clear goal to educate, empower, and elevate social consciousness in people, business, and teams. Passion for Impact is brought to you by Rock Your Leadership. We train impact leaders on how to grow success, drive change, and not burn out. Visit passionigniter.ca for more details. Today, I am speaking with Jessica Dolphin, HR leader of Canada at 7-Eleven. Now, this woman has energy, lots of it, mad HR and leadership skills. She's very funny and so generously shares her positive energy all over online and of course in person. She's focused on mentorship, coaching, and developing high-performance teams while also bridging the strategy with relatability. You can follow her on LinkedIn. You will totally get what I mean. Definitely follow, that's Jessica Dolphin. Now, when I think of making impact, I know it starts with the heart. Jessica has a heart and shares her personal journey to making impact one connection at a time. Ready to learn, grow? Here we go. This is the Passion for Impact podcast with speaker, trainer, and socially conscious advocate, Trisha Miltimore. Jessica Dolphin, HR leader of Canada at 7-Eleven is here. I was on LinkedIn several months ago, you know, hanging out, procrastinating on something per usual. When I read a post about a little boy suggesting, I think this is how the story went, a a different flavor or something of Slurpee, sending in a letter to 7-Eleven with his request. Now, instead of that cute customer feedback moment going unnoticed, Jessica created a personal response that made me both smile and nod my head in yes. She sent back an official 7-Eleven header letter full of gratitude for the feedback while also sharing her mutual enthusiasm for Slurpee flavors. It was so cute. It was a great example, in, in my opinion, of caring for the customer. Now, with over 15 years of hands-on HR experience and a progressive focus on people-first culture, I've been watching Jessica share her beautiful and supportive energy all over LinkedIn, just just sharing it all out. I had to reach out to her. I had to have her on the show. So Jessica, you inspire me and thank you for being on Passion for Impact. Well, thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Um, And I think this is a wonderful example for everybody listening on how one simple act of taking extra time to connect and putting positive energy out to the universe can lead to such amazing things. So I am thrilled to be here chatting with you today, and I just can't wait to get into it. And I welcome all of you to please connect with me on LinkedIn. I think we are as strong as our connections and our community, and it's the best way we can grow. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I can't wait to hear your story. So when as I watch you on LinkedIn, I always feel like I'm just so creepy. As I you know, <laughs> follow your path on LinkedIn, you share some really great, and I do encourage everyone to follow you because uh, not only are you sharing kind of personal stories and insights, uh, but also some really great tips. I feel like we have a lot of similar um, energy and thoughts around care, care in the workplace. Now, obviously, as the HR leader of Canada at 7-Eleven, you have people that you take care of. You mentioned uh, that part of your passion for impact is kindness and respect in all you do, always focusing on how you can help. And you ended it with servant leadership. So what does servant leadership mean to you? Oh my gosh, that's a that's a big question. But I think at the end of the day, it, it means that we're, we're so privileged to be a leader. Um, mm. And I don't take one second of that for granted. Um, I think like many of us out there listening, I think that we have been in every position, myself being in HR, I started off, um, I used to work on a cruise ship, uh, came back from working on a cruise tr- ship, truly being um, not having any bankable skills or education. I was an amazing singer, an amazing dancer, super funny. I'm going to toot my own horn there, but in terms <laughs> of getting into the workforce, not really qualified. So I think I learned from that age getting into HR and being in multiple different corporations. It doesn't matter. It's it's like that quote you you hear and see repeatedly. It doesn't matter whether you're the CEO, the founder, the president of the company, the president of the United States. It is everything to do with how you treat people. And you better start with kindness, respect um, to everybody. 
because mm-hmm. I think the world needs it now more than ever. And I know that I, I swear to you, Trisha, it sounds like a soapbox moment. And I don't want to be that person, but everything I do, it revolves around kindness and respect. So being that servant leader, I'm truly blessed to be in the position where I am, where I have the ability every single day to touch people's lives. Um, you know, and I want people to have a better understanding of, of, of what HR is. It's the human. We're putting the human back into the workplace. Mm. So I'm a champion of diversity, um, inclusion and belonging because we, we have to pivot. We have to ensure that we're including everybody. So the servant leadership for me is such a multifaceted um, topic, which I I could talk. I'm like, oh, I'm telling you, I could talk for days, Trisha, on this. I'm so passionate <laughs> about it. But the servant leadership at the end of the day, we're blessed to be in the position we are. And we have to start with kindness and respect. Mm, I was reading through some of your testimonials on LinkedIn, and that was seemed to be a common theme about how much you appreciate the people you work with and how that comes across. And, and anyone listening who is involved in HR and any kind of people-centered, well, I think we are all involved in some form of people-centered work, knows that it can be challenging. It can be hard. So what kind of lessons, and this is a very general question, but I feel like you can probably take it. What kind of general lessons have you truly learned over the last, say, five years that you're like, this has really added value to my leadership and the connection and care I bring to my team? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. That's such a juicy question. I'm going to eat that Isn't up. it? That is a good question. <laughs> Um, you're good at this game, Trisha. Okay, game on. Here we go. So lessons <laughs> I've learned. Um, well, I think, you know, one of the things in my job is to reduce barriers so that we can make the maximum contribution. So one of the lessons I've learned is that we got to get out of the box. We have to start looking at things from all aspects, every angle. How can we get better? Um, pushing to innovate is critically important in any business you're in. Um, whether it's mergers or acquisitions, HR, nursing, being a mom, being a wife, all of those things. Um, I think we have to push for for excellence. Um, I've never been one to kind of sit and be mediocre. Um, I'm always one to be challenging the status quo and moving forward. So I think one of the big lessons I've learned is you have to start with yourself. Um, And being a mom, I'm blessed to have a beautiful daughter. That's one of the things I teach her is you can absolutely do anything and be anything. Where you end up is up to you. We don't, um, I think too often we give our happiness away and we got to claim it. We have to claim that happiness and stand up and say, you know what? This is what I want to create for myself. And we have nothing but opportunity. And I'll tell you, Tricia, when I came back off of the cruise line, granted, it was the best experience that I've ever had. I'll never forget it. And I'm grateful and thankful for it. But come back, you have a a bunch of money, you blow through a bunch of money, you don't have any education, what the heck are you going to do with yourself? And at one point, I had $1.36 in my account, $1, $1. And I was sleeping on a mattress in my sister's unfinished basement of their rental. And I had that coming to God moment where you think, okay, what are we doing here? What are we wanting to create? Um, And for myself, it's creating impact. It's being able to inspire people. It's being able to create opportunity for individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I love is being able to mentor and coach people, but also to be able to create in companies is critically important. I think we're we're missing the creativity part. We're missing the fun and we got to bring it back. So for lessons, I think, if you can, if you can think of something that you're wanting to accomplish in your life, no matter what it is, professionally or personally, I think you need to sit down and really take a look and a good educated look at where you're at and think about, okay, what are the barriers that I need to remove to be successful and be honest with yourself? And so when I sat there on my mattress in, in this unfinished basement, me and the spiders, (laughs) me and the spiders. And it was cold. Let me tell you, I thought, okay, how the heck did I get here? And what do I want to create for myself? And I made an inclusive list being of education, um, being able to add servant leadership, being able to be of service, 
being able to inspire, being able to help people to the best of my ability, no matter what position I'm in, being able to be out in my community and create positive change and positive energy, that's critically important. And that's been a lesson that has stuck with me for many, many years and my whole life. I think we need to start taking charge of our destiny for sure. Yes, agency over our own sense of direction, I think is super key and exactly what you just said. So you're sitting on the mattress, you have a, a dollar in your account, you have these ideas of where you want to go and what you want to achieve, the impact you want to make. Then what did you do? Like, where did you go from there? Well, I had myself a pity party. Let me tell you, I ate my <laughs> no name brand peanut butter on my Wonder Bread and thought, this is not the life I'm going to carve out for myself. This is not where I want to be. Um, there is a deep, enriched, ingrained makeup within myself to be the best of the best and to be able to support and to help. So for myself, my path, which might look different than anybody else's, but for myself, I had to start off with education. So I started taking night courses um, for HR management. Um, I started networking. Um, and believe it or not, I, I'm super in love with public speaking um, and connecting with people such as yourself who are so influential and so um, wonderful with public speaking. So I started to take Toastmasters. I've taken it numerous right times on. because I used to be so shy, believe it or not. If I wasn't on a stage singing or dancing, oh my gosh, I wanted the world to open up and swallow me because I was that painfully shy. And I know people don't believe that, but it's true. It's taken me a long time to be very, very comfortable to be, I don't want to say the center of attention, but to be okay with owning my own energy and owning the energy I bring into every organization and to every board that I sit on. Um, so I, I really decided that, okay, this is not the life I want to live. What's important to me, uh, being able to impact people, being able to touch people's lives, uh, but being able to create in terms of setting up companies for success, working with those CEOs, those CFOs, so on and so forth, and the owners. So I went back to school. I went back to school and it wasn't easy. Like many of us out there, I had three jobs. I was house cleaning. Believe it or not, I was working at a tanning salon at the time. Um, and I also was working um, doing resume services for individuals. So three jobs, went to night school, and I just made it happen. And it was through um, PRing and getting out within our own community, um, volunteering as much as I could to be in, in the right circles of the right people. I truly mm. believe we are absolutely the definition of the people we hang out with the most. So changing who I was hanging out with, ensuring that I was available for opportunities. Um, and to be honest with you, you're tired. Girl, you work three jobs and you're eating peanut butter, no name peanut butter at that because you can't afford craft because that's too expensive. So you know that at the end of the day, you just want to go to bed, but you can't. You got to get yourself up. You got to borrow a really beautiful outfit. You got to do your hair. You got to do your makeup. Go to some PRing events where you can get your name out there. Tell people you're available for jobs, like hitting the pavement, really, really focusing on promoting myself and creating the space to allow myself to be successful is really critically important. And I love coaching people on that. By no means am I a coach, but you know, if I'm mentoring you, that's one of the things I really love to bring to attention to everybody is you got to set yourself up for success and you have to allow yourself to be in the right venues at the right time to create those opportunities to be able to meet the people who you need to meet um, and have those conversations. There is nothing more rewarding to me than having valuable conversation. I love it. And that's why I love our employees so much because they just want someone to listen and they want to tell you the truth. Your employees will tell you what's not working in your organization. So I went mm. to school, I created opportunity and girl, I worked <laughs> like, let me tell you, I was tired, but you do it. You do it because you want better for yourself and you want better for your family and you want to create a better environment with more opportunities. Oh, so much gold in there. Very inspiring. So if you can think back to that moment when you were offered the position of, you know, top HR role in, in a very large organization, um, how did that feel? Like, what was that moment like for you? Um, it, it, it was it, it was truly inspiring. 
Um, and by no means am I done. Uh, you know, one of the things I would love to do is to create um, and support companies. Um, I've always wanted to create and to be able to support multiple companies on multiple different levels, um, mm -hmm. especially working through mergers and acquisitions and transition. But when I was awarded the, the role, um, it, it was really that pivotal moment for myself where I, I allowed myself just to take a moment and to take a breath. Um, and then that lasted for about an hour and then I got to work <laughs> because I thought, okay, so thank you so much. I appreciate that you have given me this opportunity and I'm truly blessed. And now we got to dig in. We got to figure out what's going off the tracks here. What's not working. How can we simplify the processes, but how can we get back to people? How do we get back mm -hmm. to the human of HR, um, and putting our people first? That is one of my deepest passions um, is working in a predominantly male profession, uh, especially right now in retail um, and standing up and saying, you know what, we got to take a critical look at this. Are, are we putting numbers first or are we putting people first? Because I will go to bat every day and I will die on that sword. It is not numbers that create a successful business. It is our people that create a successful business. Absolutely. What have been some of the biggest challenges uh, on that sword for you over the last few years? Uh, being female, of course. Mm -hmm. I think there's a fine line. Um, multiple, multiple agencies and companies are very male-centric and male-dominant and male-driven. Um, and times are changing. That's why I'm such a champion of diversity and inclusion. And it's not about... You know, I, I was talking to someone this morning and I created this big, large project of an organizational chart and overhead. And I, I gave someone a one, two, three, a four year was a rest period and five was another growth phase. This big report about overhead, what we need to be successful, how we can um, ultimately change the culture of the company, so on and so forth. And I gave it to the individual who was, in, who was a CFO and he read it. And it was 47 pages. It took me about a month to put it together. Um, and he, he looked at me and he said, so you're just telling me that we just need to hire more females. And I said, wow. I said, no. I said, did you read the report at all? Um, so championing that and being the voice for not just females, but all cultures, all minorities, everybody in the working environment about being able to educate, support and to really be able to create a culture around all diversities and everyone being included is critically important. Um, so focusing on moving forward, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges has just been being a female. And it really hurts my heart to say that, but it is very, very true. Um, we have a lot of male-driven companies where, yeah, we do need to get some different energy in there. It doesn't mean it necessarily needs to be a female. It's a different perspective. It's a different complement of education and skills that we need to bring to the boardrooms, to the decision-making tables, to make room at those tables for those individuals. So one of the biggest challenges has been diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Another great challenge has been, um, I call it a shallow point of view in terms of you know, it, the, the, one of the worst sayings you can say in any business is, well, this is the way we've always done it because it's comfortable, it's easy. And to be honest with you, it is faster, but it's not the right way. Uh, and I'm not saying my way is the right way, but I certainly will be challenging to all levels of employees in all companies about, okay, well, this might be easy, but is there a, is there a better way to do this? Is there a more simplistic way that we can do this? How is this reflecting back on our employees? And then the third challenge has just been to redirect and remind our leaders that it is about our employees first. It's about people first. It's a people first driven culture. It's not business first. Because I will tell you, if we have happy employees who are getting up on a Monday morning and they're wanting to come to work, regardless of whether that's online or not, then we have one. There is nothing worse, and I will guarantee you, everybody listening right now, I sympathize with you, I empathize with you, and I've been there, where I used to get sick. I, I, like Sunday night, I, I was sick to my stomach, and I was working in some of the worst toxic environments. 
And it was ruining my weekend. It was ruining my relationships. Um, and I didn't want to go into work because I had horrendous leaders. And it's through that humility and that being not focused on ego, but being focused on self-improvement and driven improvement of the organization that we got to get back to people first. One of the most beautiful things that have come out of COVID is realizing that our business model is broken. We don't need to do a nine to five where we're sitting there in our cubicles. That's not what it's about. It's about us finding purpose, finding value, and how do we relate that back to our team members and employees? So focusing on people first. It's a challenge. It's an ongoing challenge that I'm willing to take on for sure. No, I can feel your passion around it. I love it. What do you think is the greatest challenge for leaders who are actively learning um, how to integrate impact and care into their leadership practices? Like they're they're just taking it on, they're practicing it. What are what are some of the tips and tools you provide your managers and leaders in the organization to be more caring and, and to integrate that impact? Oh, I love that question, Trisha. Good question. Um, <laughs> Thank well, you. <laughs> I think one of the things is that we have to remember that we're people. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's it's a job. We have to remember that we're a whole person. So one of the things I teach and encourage people to remember is that we're people. We're not just numbers, number one, okay? We're actual people with real lives, real issues, real families. Um, so finding you know that, that impact to care, I think is reminding people of those emotional intelligence strengths, being empathetic being sympathetic. It doesn't mean we're weak. It means that we're aware and we're caring and we're creating an environment of care and awareness for everybody included. Um, challenging the status quo in terms of work-life balance. Gone are the days where, oh my gosh, I need to work 60 hours. I have, I have to be a clock watcher. Why is your team's meeting um, dot on green? But you know, wh- what's your work output at? It really is challenging, again, that learning and that impact of care about whole person Um, and working with our leadership teams on, okay, we have hired um, talent. We've hired these people. So why can we not give them the autonomy to use their specialized skills in which we've hired them for? I think there's a lot of micromanaging going out there in multiple levels of companies And it doesn't serve us and it doesn't help our people want to come to work when they're being micromanaged. So teaching that we want to be aware of the work-life balance and it does exist. It does exist, but it has to be driven from the top down. We have to be aware of, I know, right? My gosh. Mm -hmm. We have to be so aware of empathy and of sympathy um, and caring for our employees. And we need to get back to that. So it's a simplistic look, but a holistic look at the entire um, employee. So teaching is an ongoing thing. And I can guarantee that that is one thing you will always get from myself is transparency and honesty with all levels of leadership, Um, you know, and, and working on creating a culture of accountability in a very positive way. We don't need to be giving out disciplines. We don't need to be giving out writing, written warnings, excuse me, written warnings, there are opportunities as coaching um, to help people, to help people to be the best optimal self and to get people, um, maybe they need some additional education. I can help support that. Maybe we need to do some cross-functional training with them. Maybe I can get them to visit with someone else in a different province in the same role. And we can talk about openly in a safe space about what's working, what's not working. So mm, again, challenging the status quo, for sure. Mm-hmm. So good. So what personal habits do you have that support your growth mindset? Oh, good question. Uh, Definitely education. Every year, um, I will absolutely take some form of education. Uh, Currently, I am enrolled uh, and taking some diversity, uh, equity, inclusion, and belonging training. I think it's critical to always be aware of, of things that we can improve upon ourselves. So holding myself accountable and and always taking education is critically important for myself. Um, Time blocking is is very, very key in being successful. Um, So whether I am, as you can imagine, we have 11,000 employees. 
and I'm managing um, and supporting all of them, but also I'm part of and managing and supporting a senior leadership team. So ensuring I time block and I can't um, tell our listeners how much that really is critically important. So even if you're just doing, you're following up on your emails or you're working on a presentation, please ensure that you're utilizing time chunking and time blocking. It's really, really critical. And include in that self-care. So quite often, if I can squish in a lunch, um, even if it's 30 minutes, I grab my dogs, I'm outside going for a walk for 30 minutes. Um, End of the day, uh, I'm I'm a true believer in looking at my schedule for the next day to make sure I'm equally prepared. Um, And I'm aware and I value everyone's time. And I I would cautious people to do that as well, right? Like I think... I had an individual who showed up to a meeting and they were completely unprepared and we had blocked off an hour. And I said, you know what? I I appreciate that maybe you misunderstood what the meeting was about, but I'm going to call the meeting because you're unprepared. And it's not a bad thing to say we're unprepared. Let me just clarify what we're looking for for this meeting. And we're going to rebook this for the next two days. And then we're going to give each other back that time. Because what we don't want to do is when we are so critically busy, which all of us are, we have 9 million demands on our time. We don't want to waste anybody's time. Um, So I think those are some really good tips. So time blocking, taking care of yourself and taking education. You can never go wrong. Mm, They always expand and grow, especially that education. Hey, what's one of your favorite books you have on the go right now? Okay, so I... um, I committed to myself to read a, a book every week this year. Oh my God. So, you, you are setting the bar too high. <laughs> I, I just okay, can't. No. Okay, I have to tell you though. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, yeah. Since I have enrolled in school, there is a big um, uh, capstone project. So that's actually taking up a lot of my free reading time. Um, but I just read uh, The Loudest Duck. It is a, a book about diversity and inclusion. Um, let me just grab it here. I have it in my closet. Um, so I read it. Uh, it's a quick read, which is fantastic. So the loudest duck moving beyond diversity while embracing differences to achieve success at work by Laura Lizwood. Um, mm. And I'm reading that. And then I also am reading right now Monday Morning Mentor by David Cottrell. So every week I'm trying to squeeze a a leadership um, or self-help book in there. But one of the best books I have to say I have ever read, let me grab it. I want to make sure I give you the right title. Oh my gosh. Like I'm just imagining you going to this giant closet with books everywhere. This is what's going through my head right now. That is totally (laughs) what's happening and I can't find it. Um, oh gosh. And of course we're like totally taping. So like the pressure is on, right? So much pressure. Let me tell you. Woo. Okay. Where is it? Where is it? You know what? I might have, um, left it out. Oh, no, here it is. Okay. So found it. Got it. Okay. So one of the best books, it's called Present Over Perfect and it's by Shauna Nyquist. And there's a story behind the book, of course. I had to, um, and I'm an oversharer, guys, so I, I apologize, everybody, folks. Sorry about that, but makes for great listening, I'll tell you. Um, I'm an open Please book. Overshare. Get it? <laughs> I'm an open book. Did you get that, Trisha? <laughs> Good one. Oh, my God. So Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist. And mm-hmm. um, this is early on in my career, um, you know, absolutely just burning the candle at both ends. Hadn't really learned yet about time blocking or self-care. Um, ended up with really bad kidney stones in the hospital. And oh. I know, had to have like emergency surgery for kidney stones. Go figure. Uh, so I said to my husband, I phoned him and I was like, listen, I had a bit of a side pain and I just thought I'd go to the clinic. Um, I, I'm actually having an operation in like a couple hours. So maybe you could come by. <laughs> uh, maybe if you want to come and see me, it'd be super swell. So I said to him, I said, listen, I have to be here for two days. So maybe if you could just bring me a bag and and go get me a book because I didn't have any books and I love to read. I'm a voracious reader. Reader. So he brought me this from the gift shop. Um, And oddly enough, like I truly believe in synchronicities and things happening for a reason. And he brought me the book and the book was all about slowing down 
and being present and enjoying the things that you're going through. And it was literally, there's parts in this book that are laugh out loud funny. Um, and there's one part that sticks with me. She was, she was a mom and she was running from one job to another job and had the kids in the car and the kid had a Slurpee. And then the red Slurpee was overflowing and going all over the car. And she didn't even care because she just had to get the kid to soccer. And then she had to drop the kid off at soccer. And then she had to go pick up her other kid. And then she had to go make home, home and make dinner. And then she had to go put all the laundry away. And I was like, oh. it's like, oh, take a breath. I can mm-hmm. so relate, right? So mm-hmm. it, it turned out to be such a wonderful read and really has stuck with me for years. And I encourage everybody to read it if, if you're stuck in this space of, I feel like there's not enough time. There's not enough joy. It was really kind of like an eat, pray, love moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, the universe for sure sent me this book to tell me to calm down, to take some time and to take care of yourself. So it's a, it's a fantastic read. So again, it's Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist. So there you go. Mm, I'm going to have to add it to my audio, audible list of things to listen to for sure. Um, okay, so you're in the hospital. Your husband happens to pick up this book, which I resonate with because my my husband always buys me a book at Christmas time, and he is the most non entrepreneurial human in the world. And he just randomly picks things, but they always speak to me. I feel like they were meant for me. It's crazy. So I totally resonate with that. So you're, you're in the hospital. You're reading this book. You're having your eat, pray, love moment. So then, what changes did you immediately? make that had that made a, a change for you and how you experienced your life? Uh, be Okay. I have to tell you, one of the greatest pieces of advice I have ever gotten was mm-hmm. actually from one of my daughter's teachers. And she said to me, she goes, Jessica, you should really focus on being present and taking the moment and not have a preconceived idea of what you think it should be. Mm. Like how profound is that? I was like, exactly. Because what I was doing was, is I had, you know, I'm expecting you to respond accordingly. This is what I'm wanting out of this. This is what I'm wanting out of this meeting. I'm wanting you to say this. I'm wanting you to take these actions. And then when you don't, I'm super disappointed. I think, did I not coach them properly? Did I not give them enough time? Did I not lead enough? All of those things, because I'm a perfectionist. I think a lot of of leaders are really, truly perfectionist at best, which is not a bad quality, but we can't let it run our life. So that one of the most immediate things I did was just to be present, be in that moment. No one can multitask. It's a fallacy. Okay. Multitasking does not exist. You're doing multiple things and none of them very well. So when you're talking to people, talk to people, don't look at your phone. Don't answer your phone. Talk to people. Make that eye contact and really connect with them. Be present in the moment. Acceptance. Oh my gosh. Oh, acceptance. This is a big one. Not only self-acceptance, but acceptance for what the moment is. So Mm -hmm. knowing that everything cannot be perfect. Every day is not going to be a absolute knock it out of the park, baseball to baseball bat home run. And it's okay. Because any step forward is a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And don't be so hard on yourself. The only pressures that people are placing upon myself are coming from myself. So immediately I was like, okay, you know what? You're in a great space. You have a wonderful job. You have a wonderful family. You have a wonderful support system. You need to really learn to allow yourself to be happy and to accept all of the blessings that you have in your life. And just taking a moment of gratitude, I think for all of us is so life-changing. You know, and this is totally funny and and I don't want to be too deep and I won't be because I'm super funny, but one of the things I go to is I always go to comedy, right? Like if I'm like, oh, I'm a little uncomfortable, my safety zone is comedy. So I think every morning for myself, I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have to get up and go to the bathroom outside. Like I'm not an outdoorsy kitten by any stretch of the imagination. I'm an indoor like type girl, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, I have an indoor bathroom. How how awesome for me. Um, or, oh, I have a Keurig. I'm so excited. I get to get up and have coffee like immediately. Um, I have beautiful clothes to wear. That's so cool. And I have enough clothes that I can pick what I want to wear. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I have gas in my car. Look at that. I don't know. Yeah, especially walk. now. 
<laughs> Especially so, now. Yeah. Seeing how it's like almost $2 a liter here in Canada, you bet. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I have a half a tank of gas. These are blessings. You know, I'll, I'll tell you like immediately, I just started to be more present. I started to be mm-hmm. more grateful. I started to be more self-loving and self-accepting. And I think we can all benefit from that. Oh, that is, there's so much gold in there. And you know, a lot of the people listening um, as impact leaders, we're so hard on ourselves. Yes. And one of, one of my core teachings is that life doesn't have to be so hard. And so exactly what you just said is just giving ourselves the permission, the space, uh, focusing and tethering to the gratitude. Those are just such beautiful pieces of wisdom. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. And it, it must be, the gas must be cheaper where you are. Cause I think I, I just, uh, two twenty four recently oh, I filled up goodness. with. Yeah. Cool. Crazy, okay. crazy well, times. I'm, I'm super thankful then our gas yeah. is a dollar 92 right now. So I will be more grateful for that. Right. What a steal of a deal. What a perspective, <laughs> right? Perspective. Oh, uh, there's so much in here that it can be so used. Okay. So, um, question for you. Okay. You have this huge amount of people that you are working with, coaching, mentoring, uh, all different levels of leadership in the company. One of the challenges that I know many impact leaders face, especially when they're growing their companies or their organizations, are people who are on the team who just don't seem to care as much as they would like them to and, and care from a point of view where it's caring about the the mission or the impact of the company and of course the connections with the team so how do you approach that how do you deal with those kind of people any tips and tricks yeah absolutely and to be honest with everybody um, it happens a lot I, I think mm-hmm. and you know I think the reason why it happens is because people are burnt out. Um, and we either don't have the right people on the bus or we don't have the right person in the right seat. I think it's critically important to know your teams and to know their skill set, know what they are exceptional at and know where we have opportunities to build. Um, and I think we also have to look at workload, which is a huge thing, right? We're, we're all going through growing pains in a lot of companies especially um, I deal a lot, like I said, in mergers and acquisitions um, and streamlining those and really figuring out, you know, where is this person best suited? Um, So I would start there. But I think, you know, the value in that conversation is that you have to let that individual know, because to be honest with you, Tricia, sometimes they don't know. Like Mm. you could be on a team full of A players and they might be mediocre and lukewarm at best. And to be honest with you, sometimes they don't know. They might be experiencing burnout. So my first go-to is is always care of real person first. Are you doing okay? Is there anything that I can help you with? Um, Mm. Is there anything you need from me? Because I care about our people first. They might be going through a divorce. Maybe they have been diagnosed with an illness that they are willing to share with me. I can't make them share that with me, but that definitely may explain why there's been a decrease in their performance or absenteeism or so on and so forth. So looking at it, first of all, from a holistic perspective, and then we can get more granular. Is it a you're overworked, you're overstressed? Because I think all of us can identify with that. And it really takes true um, full service leaders to dig into that and being able to listen to what the actual answers are. Because so often, how many times have all of us who are listening said, Hey, how are you? Immediate response. Oh, I'm so good. Great. Thanks for asking where it went. And you're not right. We have to get out of that culture. If I ask you if you're doing okay, I'm truly asking you, how are you doing? It's a self check-in. Uh, this is a safe space. You can tell me that you're having a real crap day because of X, Y, and Z. And I can offer to listen. I may ask you if it would be okay if I can support you with some advice. Or maybe we just sit there and have a cup of coffee and listen to each other. And that's okay too. But we have to create that safe space with leadership first. Um, and I think then, just like I stated, it's it's about really looking at role, really looking at capabilities, and looking at opportunities. Um, And I will give you an example. I just had a conversation last week with an individual who was like, listen, I'm super overwhelmed and I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff and none of it is really good right now. 
um, they're like, so if you want to write me up, go ahead and write me up. And I'm like, I don't want to write you up at all. First of all, thanks for coming to me and, and trusting me to listen to this information. And they do have some health concerns going on. So we're going to do our best to support them. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's value of work. What are we giving this individual to work on? Well, they're redoing programs. Well, that doesn't sound very exciting for them. It's not really what we hired them for. So I, I think that really is a really large question. I don't think I could ever give a inclusive list, but I think it's a multifaceted answer. That's for darn sure. And I think I like we, your, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think we owe it to ourselves and as leaders to really at that time, you have to lean in. Don't lean away because your team is telling you, okay, something's not right here. Something's going on. A dynamic has changed. Their um, attitude, their attention has changed. So there's something else going on there. It's my role to understand the complexity of it and then to set an action plan moving forward. Maybe they just don't understand, right? Maybe they need some, some education. Maybe they have someone I can set them up with on some mentorship. Maybe I can mentor them. Um, maybe they need to take a couple of personal days. Maybe they're getting a divorce. We don't know, um, but we have to owe it to our people and to ourselves as inclusive leaders to lean in for sure. Sorry, I was a little distracted. I'm just um, beefing up my resume to send in to you because <laughs> I want to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, my, my goal has always been like, nothing <laughs> excites me more. Like I want to create so many companies and support them so that I can go on um, and be like a shark. Do you know what I mean? I want people to come to me and be like, listen, how, how do we make this business better? What, what do I need to invest in? And I'm going to tell you, it's people. It, mm. We are in the people investment business um, because I believe that every problem stems from people and communication. It's, it's not just as simple as, well, we're not hitting our numbers. Okay. Well, that's, you know, and I'm going to do a post on Monday about don't be don't be a, a superficial person. And what I mean by that is don't be don't be on the surface. You got to do a deep dive. Our leaders, we have to be inclusive. We owe it to our people to, to dig down deep, to find the root cause, to lead with that people first mentality, because I'll guarantee you it's communication and it's people. If we can nail those down and continually be seeking improvement in those areas, we're all going to be multimillionaires and we're going to be happier for it. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And I can absolutely solidify your comments with that. Any company I have ever worked with comes to me for one issue, but again, it always comes down to the people in communications every single time. So that's powerful. And you're going to make such impact as you continue doing the work that you do and, and, and growing that side of it. That's amazing. Okay, two, three questions left before we kind of wrap everything up. The first one is a little fun. The second two are a little bit more insightful and I can't wait to hear your answers. But the first one is, imagine it is 9 p.m. at night, which is pretty much my bedtime, and you're sitting on the couch and then you have the house all to yourself. There is no one around and you get to watch what you want to watch. You get to eat what, what you want to eat. So what would you be watching and what would you be eating? <laughs> okay, this is going to get myself into trouble. Um I'm pretty sure I'm going to give you the, the, the truthful answer here, Trisha. People are going to be like, she's a serial killer. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with like cold case files. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a super, um, I'm just so intrigued by cold case files. So if I'm by myself, I probably would be drinking a beautiful rosé, uh, rosé all day. Can never complain about that. Um, gotta love the Okanagan wines from Canada. And probably watching cold case files. It's it's like if you've ever seen that meme, oh, I just got to unwind. I'm going to go watch some stuff about serial killers and then go to bed. Whatever <laughs> 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 yeah. floats your boat, right? Whatever floats yeah. your boat. I'm like, that's, okay, that's good to know. interesting. That's good to know. Some insight into Jessica. What advice would you give yourself 20 years ago? Oh, gosh. It, hands down, trust yourself. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Trust yourself um, and listen to your gut. Um, I cannot tell you how many times, you know, that that wisdom in the back of your head, that that gut feeling, those spidey senses, they're a real thing. We just have to learn how to fine tune them and and allow them to take play in our daily lives. Absolutely. But also we need to check and verify, of course. Um 
And another piece of, of wisdom has always been, um, and I have it actually on my LinkedIn account because it, I read it once and I was like, that is so true. Um, and it's by Maya Angelou. Um, and I have it on my, my dream board, my, my goal board in my office is that I've learned that people will forget what you've said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I stand by that quote. That is my life motto because all of us can um, relate to having a bad boss. And I want to thank all of my bad bosses. And you know who <laughs> you are, who I have ever had right now. Thank you very much for everything that you have taught me. Because what I've learned from that is number one, I'm much more resilient than I've ever given myself credit for. Um, education will set you free. Communication is everything. Um, but also I think, you know, from doing every HR job there ever was, um, including, and to this day, cleaning toilets, because that's part of the job too. You gotta keep the bathroom clean. Um, not above doing that. Um, stocking the fridge, um, filling up the printer with paper, fetching people coffee. Of course I'll do that because I care about you. If I'm working with you, I genuinely care about you. But I've learned from those bad bosses and we've all had them. Don't look at them and hate them. Hate is such a, I, I just don't like hate. I think it's a waste of energy. I think what we need to do is journal on it. I'm a huge journaler, um, tons of books on journaling. I have, every year I keep a journal and I, I systematically put them into order and I keep them to look back at on uh, for lots of wisdom nuggets. But, you know, I thank those people because they have taught me what not to do. So I've been yelled at. Um, I've had a boss before throw one of my awards at my head and it smashed through a window. True story. Um, I've been called a pain in the ass, a bitch, you name it. Um, I've been told I'm too aggressive. Um, all sorts of things you can imagine. Right. And I think, my gosh, I, I hold sympathy for them, but I also have so much gratitude for them. Um, because they have, they have led me to where I am today and have genuinely instilled values in myself as a professional person in my personal life. Um, but I really do say thank you to all of those horrible bosses out there because they let us know what's not okay. They help us to define our personal boundaries. They help us to greater understand what we will accept and what we will not accept. And they challenge us. And mm. I'm sure everybody can relate. And what we have to do is be aware of all of what I just spoke to, but also how we react to that because we're in control of that. We're always in control of how we react. And I'm still going to choose every day to lead with light and positivity and kindness for sure. Very inspiring. I love that. And finally, I know this this went so fast. Oh my and gosh, I really enjoyed you. Question already? Just, I know, I know it's crazy. And I just you, you need to come to Kelowna and I can bring you to some wineries and we can continue the conversation. Oh girl, off the air. that is a date. I I will uh, call you next time I'm in the Okanagan. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to it. That would be great. Uh, there's just so much synergy I feel in alignment with between our thinking and whatnot. It'd be great to hang out. Um okay, last thought here is what is the, the one habit, the one small daily habit that has had the most profound impact on your life positive experience? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. But one of them, um, undoubtedly, I would have to say is perseverance mm -hmm. um, and drive. Perseverance and drive. Um, my goal is to be the best of the best and I will not quit in, until I am there. And I don't feel that I am there. I feel that um, there is much more room for improvement, um, larger capability for learning. Um, I, I, um, I love to learn, but every day challenge yourself. Every day challenge yourself. Um, you just got to be 1% better than you were yesterday. That's it. And if that looks like, hey, you know what? Today I got out of bed and I took a shower and I got dressed. God bless you. Good for you. You showed up, right? Like every day. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to show up. I'm going to add value. I'm going to be of value and I'm going to be of service. And I'm going to help our people every day, no matter what. 
That's the ABCs of me. I love that. Oh, this has been a very fun, insightful, inspiring conversation. For everyone listening, please do follow Jessica Dolphin on LinkedIn. You can find her there because she shares, you share wisdom every day. I love your posts. They're so much fun. And I'm also going to be scrolling through YouTube to find your dancing and singing videos that I have a suspicion may be there. I'm not sure, but uh, I'll have to look. (laughs) You can send me links if you have any. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're very um you have an energy about you, Jessica, that I just so appreciate. And I think that the people who have the opportunity, you're welcome, the opportunity to work with you are blessed to have the perspective that you have, the skills, and of course, the level of care. And I don't know about you, but you know, this is what Passion for Impact is all about, is that if we could inspire that level of care in organizations as in as many places as possible within the leaders and the people and the, the human side of things, then we make impact. And that just helps to elevate people's experiences generally. So again, thank you for being on the show. So appreciate you being here. And it has been fun. Thank you so much, Trisha. Absolutely my pleasure. Passion for Impact is sponsored by the Inspire Store. Need a gift that inspires? Inspire Store features exclusive ethically made goods and jewelry that embodies these three words. Yes, you can. Every purchase supports Food Banks Canada. Plus, you will receive Trisha Miltimore's popular personal development Shift Up e-course. Empowerment awaits you. Shop with impact at inspirestore.org. Hey, if you love learning how to live and lead in a caring and fulfilling way, and you find this show inspiring, please do share with your friends, rate and review this podcast. It really helps us to expand our reach. Passion for Impact is brought to you by Rock Your Leadership. We train impact leaders on how to grow success, to drive change, and not burn out. Yes, it is possible. Visit passionigniter.ca for more details. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Passion for Impact podcast. Visit passionigniter.ca forward slash podcast to subscribe for episode notes, links, and special offers from show guests. Cast your vote. Make your impact. One socially conscious choice at a time.